Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And I'm Julie Bender. Oh, Julie, and we are females. You know, I know that's doesn't that's not a big revelation, but... You know, in the world that we're in right now, I kind of think that it is a little bit of a conversation. Oh, it's definitely a conversation. He, she, they are. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. But you know what? I want to roll back a little bit to maybe, you know, some of the role models, let's say, or influences we had as little girls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of them was the Barbie doll. Did you have Barbies? Oh, yes. I had a little case of them. I, you don't remember, but back when I had Barbie dolls, there was this little black plastic case with the Barbie and the red ponytail and the little curly bangs on the front of it. And dang, I had my case. It was awesome. And I had three Barbies and I made the clothes for it. Of course you did. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I definitely had Barbies, but I did not have all of the accessories that there could be and there are today. Oh, even more today. But do you know what? Barbie actually had an, a full entire name when she was, I don't know, what do you say? Born, uh, created, created conceived? I don't conceived. know. <laughs> no. Wrong word. Okay. <laughs> Manufactured. There you go. <laughs> what was her name? Barbara Millicent Roberts. Barbara Millicent. Why has it never occurred to me that Barbie's name was Barbara? And Millicent, I mean, and I guess Millicent because it was 1959 that year. Really? Oh, so Barbie's looking good for her age. <laughs> yeah, don't we all wish that after, what is it, uh, 62 years we would look that good? Totally. But I will say that, you know, we're talking about Barbie and th- that she's gone through a real evolution over the last couple decades, which I can get behind that as well. Although if I have a little girl, I will be getting her the original Barbie as well. Yeah. And then what? Wonder Woman. That's kind of the current totally cool kick butt, take care of business, take no prisoners, and defeat evil kind of woman, right? I don't really do the Wonder Woman story. I don't know much about her, but I do know that she's kind of more of the epitome of the strong woman that maybe society is pushing us more toward. What's the backstory on Wonder Woman, though? Oh, well, now this one's kind of funny, actually. Do you know the inventor of Wonder Woman, or the creator, the I manufacturer? guess I should say. The manufacturer? <laughs> I don't think he made her, per se, but he created her because it was cartoon. He was also the inventor of the lie detector. He was a Harvard graduate that turned psychologist and then lawyer and then inventor and then comic strip character writer, creator. creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he also, Julie, was a polygamist. What? Yes. Well, that kind of changes it for me a little bit. It does. And the sad part is he says the two women in his life actually were the inspiration for Wonder Woman. I guess to be Wonder Woman, it took more than one. I'm not sure. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Well, I mean, with all of this being said, I think what we want to talk about today is society is pushing an agenda of 
whether it's even good anymore to embrace being female, to appreciate feminine characteristics or the feminine nature, or should we as a society just kind of blur all of those lines and not celebrate the differences between our gender? And we just can't get behind that here at Grit and Grace. We do not get behind it. And I think for good reason, because we were designed by God uniquely. And even biology tells us that. It's not just that we we kind of know it because of who we are, but there's some facts behind it. And Julie, we want to celebrate it. I, I don't want to dismiss it or belittle it. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to celebrate that makes us unique. And then conversely, there's uh, so much to celebrate in what makes our male counterparts distinct and unique. Yeah. And whenever we blur the lines, we lose it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose it. I want to enjoy it and I want to talk about it. So let's unpack a little bit what makes being a female, what makes being a woman great and something to be celebrated. Yeah, I think before we get into some of the specifics, I want to talk a little bit about who we can be in this mixed up world. And I don't think we have to choose between Wonder Woman, kicking Mm -hmm. butt, and to be gentle and Mm -hmm. kind. I think we can truly be both. I sort of, when you said Wonder Woman or, and I knew you were going, you know, gentle, meek, I was like, Anne of Green Gables? I feel like that's a good contrast. (laughs) It kind of is. Yeah. I I think that's so true that there are both parts to all of us and we get to embrace all of the characteristics that come with a feminine nature. I think too, we don't have to be masculine to be strong. We can be strong in our femininity. I know way back in the beginning of the website, you wrote an article about men and women not being identical, but being equal. And I think that's really what we're getting at here. We should link that in the show notes because it's still full of incredible truth that is important and is trying to get lost in today's day and age. It is because, and we have, you know, we have strived, striven, strove. Strove. Ooh, I don't know. I like that though. (laughs) None of them are right, but we have really worked toward (laughs) equality Mm. of opportunity, Mm. but that does not mean we're equal in nature. Mm. So what makes our feminine nature something to be celebrated? What makes it special and worthy of allowing to be different? When we use the word feminine, you know, I kind of want to roll back to, let's look for a definition of femininity, you know? What, What does that mean according to Webster? And I found it a little interesting when I pulled this one because I kind of looked for what they used to say about it and what they say now. Oh, so, is there like a, an older version of uh-huh. the definition? Yeah, right. it changed. Okay. It did I'm change. like nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's interesting. The past definition was we are soft and gentle, destitute of manly qualities. I don't really even know what that means other than I don't feel very soft or gentle some days. And I guess I don't have manly qualities. I at least can't grow a beard. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Okay, so what have they updated the definition of feminine to? All right, today's definition is characteristic of, or appropriate, or unique to women, qualities traditionally ascribed to women as sensitivity or gentleness. Okay. Okay, actually, uh, I I approve the updated definition (laughs) of femininity. Interesting, but it's almost like society feels like femininity is a construct, like that we can just tell women how they're supposed to be or that 
to be a woman is a form of being dumb almost yeah being dumb and that you really aren't that way your nature really isn't that way it's forced upon you okay yeah we could all say that's pretty darn stupid Mm -hmm. because we all know what our nature is and again I think we need to embrace it so I think we need to unpack a few of these traits characteristics abilities that we have innately that make us unique that make our gender special well I think first is something that it's kind of hard to explain and I think we landed on the ability of females to assert our will and honestly there's two sides to that coin which is true of all humanity we can use our powers for good or for evil it's true but we as women we have the ability to get what we want well and I think one of the ways we need to recognize that that can be done is that men at least good men Mm. generally want to please us and want us to be happy and comfortable Mm. and not have problems that they try to fix Mm. and so you know whatever we want we can usually get them to do yeah i think there's a like a discerning quality of being female that like we're saying can be used to great effect and to the good of those around us and then of course at times we find that we want to use it to manipulate and that's something that we have to control about ourselves in in our relationships. Oh, do you think we're capable of being manipulated? 100%. Absolutely. (laughs) The best of us could pull it off on any given day. But something else that I think is incredibly unique to being a woman is our ability to have a keen understanding and sensitivity, especially when it comes to problems and handling problems. It's true. I think we can handle... Well, I know we can handle a lot of things at once. So Mm -hmm. if a problem comes our way, then we can kind of juggle it with the 14 other things that Mm -hmm. we're doing and have a little bit of discernment behind it Mm -hmm. of how we need to handle it and what steps we need to take to tackle it. It's like our intuition of kind of seeing behind the issue or even the feelings that the people that are involved in the scenario might be experiencing. That is pretty different than how men try to solve a problem. They don't take those things into consideration (laughs) as easily. No, they don't. And I think men generally look at another human and think they're pretty simple. They think just like them, they're gonna act just like them. And women, we know that's not entirely true. And that if we're dealing with other humans, then there's complexity behind it and we kind of understand it and know how to respond to it. I think as women, one of our greatest tools is our ability to be empathetic and compassionate. I mean, we are nurturers. We see needs and we want to help meet them. On all of these, Julie, there are levels of how that's part of our world. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm empathetic at a distance. My eldest daughter feels everyone else's pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can be different. And so if you're not automatically empathetic, but you know what they're feeling and you care about them, that's one part of it. Or you could be that person who cries with them and holds them Mm -hmm. and just walks through all the pain but we have empathy of some level in every single one of us yeah i mean of course we would never want to in this conversation presume that all women are alike we still have our unique personalities and our life experiences and the challenges and trials that we've overcome that build into what our unique feminine touch looks like but we're talking more about that underlying current that exists in you know the feminine nature and we're resourceful 
we can usually figure a way to address whatever the problem is and find a workaround that nobody else thought about or find an answer that maybe hadn't been contemplated. We could pull a lot together, even if it's just we have a family problem, so we're going to put a lot of food in front of them, (laughs) make them sit down together and work it out. It's funny, when you said resourceful, I immediately thought of MacGyver, but that doesn't really support the point there. (laughs) Is there a female MacGyver character that's coming to mind? I just feel like there's somebody. I'm a believer in duct tape. So, you know, (laughs) duct tape fixes a world of problems. So maybe a little, little bit of MacGyver in us. You know, I think one of the things, Julie, is to rec... When we recognize our strengths and our traits and our abilities is to use them, to say... I'm confronting a problem or someone I love is confronting a problem or they're hurting and they need help. And that means we need to step up because we feel it. We have the tools to help address it. And we really do. And we can. And I think that using them is an important part of who we are. I think something else that is pretty unique to us as women is when we see that problem or that thing or that idea, we don't give up very easily. We might not get it on the first try, but we are resilient and we will stick at it until we figure it out. It's true. It's true. To a point, I don't know. I think I'm the person who doesn't ever give up and that's not necessarily good. Um, There's a point where I have to surrender, but the fact that we don't can bring something to completion. I think something else that's interesting about us is that we have the ability to make a stand in ways that are unique. You know, like when we want to make a point or take a stand for something, we can do it almost like grace under pressure at times. We can say no without being aggressive. Yeah, we really can. I mean, sometimes I feel like being aggressive, but (laughs) no, it's true because I think women have this almost this strength within them that can be a quiet strength Mm -hmm. that can be a I am not going to move because these are my priorities because this is what matters to me and so I'm going to hold my line on what I believe and I don't have to yell about it I don't have to um, engage you constantly about it I just have to live it and stand for it and believe it Yeah, I mean, I think what we're even describing is being gracious while also not compromising on those things that we believe in. Yeah, and in this world of people arguing with each other and really wanting to just, I don't know, I think it's so sad that we like beat each other up and don't respect one another's opinions. Mm -hmm. I think at the same time we can say, I really believe this, but if you don't, that's okay, I'll listen to you, but know that this is a conviction that is in my heart and I'm gonna live it and stand with it, but I am going to love you and respect you in the process. I think our job almost in the family or in our communities or in the world is almost to be like the emotional rudder, you know, kind of helping to guide feelings, make space for feelings, but also know how to, you know, move through the problem in spite of the feelings. And that's definitely something that men can struggle with that we are more naturally attuned to. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the fact that we feel the things around us. We feel the people's emotions around us. And because of that, we can respond and and direct and even kind of bring the whole pressure down if it's a high pressure situation or 
comfort even though the hurt is not obvious because we do have that and we can guide it emotionally within the family and even our community. I think that we, we can be that emotional rudder for everyone we encounter. You know, I believe with all my heart, all of these traits are part of who we are as women. And I think our challenge now is they're kind of being ripped from us, that we're being asked to be, act, or just say it all blends together. It all is one gender, Mm. that it's very fluid and it's very non-defined. And I think we're being asked to be aggressive. We're being asked to be, you know, uh, like I think with all my heart that men are the more aggressive and that they are the more take charge and do things in their arena. And we're being told that we are less than if we don't become that person. Mm. If we don't fight instead of standing strong, but if we don't fight for what we want, then we're not enough. And we're saying our nature doesn't have to fight in the way you fight. Our nature can just stand strong on its own. I think what I'm trying to communicate, and I am probably not doing a great job, which whatever, I'll just keep talking until it sounds good. (laughs) You'll get there, go. (laughs) Is there's so much mixed messaging that is saying to women that that femininity isn't real anymore or that we can choose to deny it and to be whoever or whatever we want to be. And I guess we would just want to be the reminder of this truth of that's not actually how we were created. And it's okay if that message rubs you in the wrong way because it goes against the very truth of our created being and nature. And I think, Julie, part of the response right now is to almost go, I don't even want to get into that arena. I don't want to have that conversation. But I think when we avoid the conversation or even the the celebration of who we are, then we're losing out on the beauty of how we're created and what our amazing traits are. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose the uniqueness of who we are, and I don't want it to be washed over. I want to do exactly what you said. I want to say, I know me. I know me as a female, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that there is still plenty of room for Julie as a female to be very different from Dar as a female, and yet we can still bond over some of those innate things that we just get about each other and about the way the world works because we see it from our uniquely female perspective. Well, and I think what you said is absolutely right. We are females with the unique nature, but we're individuals too. Mm -hmm. And we can be everything from me who likes miter saws and tool belts to you who have the most amazing eyelashes (laughs) and everything in between. And that's part, part of that is what we do not who we are. Part of that is the things that interest us, Mm -hmm. the things that we find fascinating, our talents, our gifts, um, the the pursuits that we have in life, and even the the functions that we have in life. In motherhood, we're different moms. Mm -hmm. In relationships, we handle our relationships differently. Doesn't matter what it is, we're unique, but we still love and embrace our nature. Yeah, I mean, being newly pregnant, of course, I'm kind of thinking about 
the fact that my body is literally helping to create. I don't know how to biblically say that. God has created this being (laughs) in me. You know what I'm saying? I'm carrying this human, which is a innately feminine ability. And society would try to say that that doesn't matter. But of course it matters. The baby's in me, not in Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) And Donnie's going to be very happy about that when you give birth. Yes. And when I look at my husband and think of the ways that even the way that he communicates with Lincoln and the way he thinks about the baby that's coming, it's just so different. And I can celebrate that. I can see the value in God doing that on purpose of creating the two different genders with incredibly important abilities and values and strengths that really do support one another. And the more we can respect that and treasure that and build into that and appreciate that, the stronger our gender actually becomes. Absolutely. And we don't, it's not that we're just celebrating our traits. What you said is absolutely true. We need to celebrate the men in our lives, whether it's our spouse, our boyfriend, our father, our brother, mm-hmm. you know, our uncle, the fact that they bring such richness to our world the same way that we do. They provide things that we don't. I know, you know, it was really frightening for me when my husband was holding my youngest over a cliff, showing her the view when she was two years old. But what I saw in that moment, aside from my terror and screaming, was the fact that he was teaching her risk. And I'm a risk taker, but not that risky. You know, he was teaching her risk and he was showing her the big world out there in a way that wasn't mine, that I didn't have the same ability. And I learned to treasure that and respect it. Yeah. I guess we just want to be your girlfriend who's saying you might feel like there's conflicting messages out there and and you want to get with the times and be hip and relatable and, you know, and maybe even be able to share your faith by, you know, kind of entering these conversations in a more middle of the road way. But we're actually reminding you that it is good and right and safe and can move God's agenda forward by just settling into a confidence that God made us the way we are on purpose and to walk in in confidence of those things. True, true. And again, I don't think we need to fight the fight. I think we just need to live it. I think we need to be comfortably who we are and use all of those traits, those abilities, those instincts and celebrate the males in our lives. Because we were talking about being created with these unique natures, and as male and females, we have to go back to the book of Genesis, and it says that he created male and female. Mm. But I think what I love even more than that is in the book of Psalms 139.14, where it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, because we are, because the way we are created is not only unique, but it is perfect and wonderful and complimentary, and it really reflects on a wonderful God. I would definitely encourage you to hit the show notes specifically for this episode. We'll link some of our favorite articles that talk a little bit more about the unique feminine nature that we have and also the benefits of appreciating the characteristics that our male counterparts have as well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. 
You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.